0: Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken.
1: Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio. And I'm very excited because we have Melissa Agnes in the house, so to speak. She's actually phoning in all the way from montreal canada bonjour how are you melissa i'm well chef how are you so people are wondering who is melissa agnes and i'm going to tell you she's the author of crisis ready building an invincible brand in an uncertain world she is an expert in crisis management and getting companies to become what she refers to as crisis ready now Some people might refer to a crisis as something uh, that, like, just recently happened with Starbucks where the two men were arrested. uh, They shouldn't have been arrested, and, boy, that turned into a PR nightmare or something as serious as United Airlines last year, that debacle. And uh, all kinds of issues in between, between airlines and retail. But also, maybe you're on the front line dealing with a customer that, to their mind, it's a crisis. It's a catastrophe. That's what we're going to talk about today. And so, Melissa, you have so much insight. Give us a little background on yourself before we get started. And then I'm going to shoot away with a bunch of questions because I've got a bunch of them. Awesome.
0: Um, A little background on myself. So, I don't even know where to start. Um, I've well, been doing this for you nearly You grew up years. where? So go ahead. <laughs> you... I grew up in Montreal. That's okay. where I start. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Montreal. Um, and something kind of what I find, I suppose, interesting because I'm starting to realize just to what extent this is true, is I have a brain. Ever since I was a kid, I see risk. That's the way my brain works in a pattern. I see risk. I see ways to mitigate that risk. And then I see opportunities through its mitigation. And about almost a decade ago, when everybody was talking about social media and how wonderful it is, my mind went to why is nobody talking about the risk and then the ways to mitigate that risk and then the opportunities when something goes wrong with your brand that you have today to connect with those who matter most to your business directly in their pockets. Um, So, kind of very high level, that's kind of where my aha moment um, started when nobody was asking the questions that I wanted them to ask, which was, you know how do you mitigate the risk of real-time communication and digital um, technology in in this fast-paced, ever-evolving world?
1: Wow! So you at 10, ten years ago, and I, I I looked at your and I don't know exactly when you were born, but based on your picture, I'm guessing sometime <laughs> when you were 12 years old, when social media just started coming around. No. Something
0: about that, yeah, <laughs> maybe 13 and a half.
1: Right? You said <laughs> you said oh poop. There's a problem here. Don't companies realize that social media isn't just about communicating it's uh, with each other? If somebody's going to say one day, man, uh, United Airlines broke my guitar. And uh, that's one of the big stories that, you know, years ago, uh, Dave Carroll uh, checked his guitar. He watched it being tossed in the plane. He looked at it when it came out. It was broken he wrote a song about it because united wouldn't fix his guitar and to to date what is it 15 16 million people have listened to this song about it but obviously there's many other and i don't want to pick on united they're just kind of fun to pick on
0: well, they're easy to pick on because they've got a corporate culture as a they their culture is in crisis um so which means that they're constantly you know, making gaps that bring them up, whether it's issue or crisis management. They're constantly in that position.
1: So I want to get back to some case studies, and I would like to talk about United. And, again, I'm not picking on United. You can pick on any airline, any airline at all. I mean, maybe there's some exceptions. You know, you've got great rock star airlines like, you know, Southwest and Alaska and some, you know, uh, JetBlue that are known for their good service, but every one of them still has a crisis. I mean, even JetBlue, known for great service. Uh, It wasn't that many years ago that one of the flight attendants came on board drunk, you know, and said some things into the PA system, opened up the door while they were still on the tarmac, and slid out the side and said, sayonara. Well, that's not exactly what he said. And it makes front-page news, and now you've got a customer service, customer experience crisis on your hands. So we'll talk about some of these case studies, but let's talk about what it means to be crisis ready and what you do for your
0: clients. Absolutely. So being crisis ready is a term that I coined. Uh, It means very high level. It means that the entire organization understands what risk looks like for the brand and how to detect the early signs of it they then understand and know how to quickly assess the material impact on the brand. So is it an issue versus is it a crisis? Cause that depends knowing that you then know how to respond and what to do with it. And then furthermore, they know not just how to instinctively manage the incident, but to actually manage it in a way that builds stakeholder trust and goodwill and credibility in the brand rather than depreciating from it. Mm-hmm. And When your entire team can do this instinctively and in real time, then you have an invincible brand because it can weather any storm that may come your way.
1: So there's a lot of education and training. So my question here is, what's the difference between an issue and a crisis?
0: Good question. Um, Okay, so a crisis is a negative event or situation that stops business as usual to some extent because it requires escalation straight up to the very top of leadership. Why? Why? Because the situation threatens, and I'm going to underline or, you know, um, accentuate the word long-term negative impact on one or all of the following five things. People, the environment, business operations, the organization's reputation, and or the organization's bottom line.
1: So a crisis impacts all of those or is a result of something that happens One or all
0: over the long term. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. Whereas an issue is does not stop business as usual to any extent. It is more about business as usual on hyperdrive um, or on steroids. And that's because it doesn't have that long-term impact or it doesn't risk having that long-term impact on any one of those five things.
1: So that would be a typical customer complaint that you just resolve and the, and the customer walks away happy. Doesn't There's not Absolutely. even a blip on that. That's business as usual because no company is perfect, but they have a good system in place to handle complaints and even crisis
0: absolutely and I would say too though that um, an issue can go viral and not escalate to crisis level
1: okay give me an example is the broken guitar an issue that's gone viral
0: and so that's an interesting one because that happened back in 2009 and it was the first of its kind therefore when it's the first of its kind it has the highest amount of impact and that one hit um, United's stock price, market capitalization, by I believe it was 10% over a significant period of time. Um, so therefore, that was a crisis for United back then.
1: Well, so Today, I can't believe this. A broken guitar that wasn't repaired, that would have cost probably a few hundred dollars, hit the market cap of United Airlines, which is, uh, I don't know how many billions of dollars uh, their cap was way back then, but let's say conservatively, $25, 30000000000 Probably.
0: I have the number in my book. (laughs) I use that as as an example in my book.
1: And as a matter of fact, that book, Crisis Ready Building an Invincible Brand in an Uncertain World, just came out. It's available on Amazon. Shameless plug for you, Melissa. All right, back to the show here. <laughs> the, uh, so, so that's interesting. Uh, I'm going to bet whatever that number is, it was, it was a, it was more than a billion dollars because they didn't fix a thousand dollar guitar. Maybe it would have cost a thousand to fix it. I'm betting Dave Curl has nicer guitars than that, but.
0: So Dave, so it was $1,200 and Dave, Dave's a friend of mine. Dave, um, spot nine months tooth and nail to get United to repair his guitar. And after that final, Nope, Sorry stop calling us we are not going to help you he said okay well i'm a musician i'm going to i'm going to talk about this i'm going to create a song about it and it hit i believe a million views within 24 hours
1: right and today back in 2009 today yeah. oh, like i say 15 plus million and 2009 a million views cost the market cap of that company 10% of the value of their stock which was that has to be over a billion dollar deal
0: yeah it has to be. So I wish I, I'm terrible at remembering like those. Cool cards it doesn't off, matter. Off I, head, I, I we can <laughs> look it up,
1: and I'm willing to bet a dollar that it's over a billion that that costs. So unbelievable. All right. so you you coined the cra- uh, term crisis response penalty (CRP). What's that?
0: Yes. Yeah. So the CRP is looks at the short term and the long term monetary and reputational impact of a crisis on a brand as a direct result of that brand's ineffective response. So, for example, if we still want to use United, um, the Dr. Dow situation. I love this example because it's kind of cold and hard.
1: Okay, so that um, was last year. Dr. Dow was pulled off the airplane in a very uh, physical manner. Uh, brutal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, by the way, there's there's all kinds of stories floating around. Um, obviously, nobody should be pulled off of a plane. Things were handled wrong. Eventually, the CEO comes out. Uh, but I understand he wasn't an easy customer to deal with either. So, I mean, uh, not that. Anybody should be treated that way, but, um, you know.
0: I think the bottom line is that nobody deserves to be treated that way. Right. And if you want to protect your brand, I mean, everybody on that plane had a phone. And it was that video was captured, uploaded within minutes. And it within minutes, it went internationally viral and had huge. So if we look at the CRP, the crisis response penalty, the longer it takes an organization to respond effectively to either a viral issue or a crisis – the more credibility and trust you lose from your stakeholders, the more control over the narrative you lose, and the more crisis response penalty you risk suffering. So in this case, if we look at the short-term impact in terms of the CRP, it took United two days to come out with an effective response to the situation. They came out with responses, three responses, in fact, um, over the span of two days, but they were not effective. They actually made the situation worse. Um, So it took them two days, and in the span of those two days, their market cap dropped by $1.4 billion. So if we look at the CRP as an equation, we can say that that's a $700 million a day mistake for not being prepared to come out with an effective response.
1: Unbelievable. And you say they came out with three responses, but none of them were effective?
0: Uh, The first one was something about, well, the first two were something about um, where we are apologized for having to reaccommodate the customers customers the second one was something about where you know sorry for the inconvenience that it caused and then the third one was a leaked memo that um the ceo of united uh oscar munoz had sent to his team so the entire you know united team saying that i stand behind you so all three of those were completely completely tone deaf to the situation and therefore people knew that united didn't get it they didn't understand why everybody was upset they didn't understand the horrific you know situation that they had caused and therefore did not merit forgiveness yet
1: interesting so but what happened ultimately is a few days later Uh, CEO Oscar Munoz came back with a statement, which we're going to find out about in just a moment after our break. We're going to go to break, but before we do that, I want to remind you, the book, again, is Crisis Ready, Building an Invincible Brand in an Uncertain World. It is available through Amazon.com and other booksellers, I would imagine, but go to Amazon. If you are interested in crisis management issues versus crises, you need to understand this. I don't care how big your business is. It could be a huge, multi-billion-dollar recognizable brand worldwide, or you can be the solo entrepreneur. If a crisis falls in your lap, if something you do creates a problem in your industry and people find out about it, you need to know how to deal with it. You need to be crisis ready. Don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Amazing Business Radio.
0: This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken.
1: We're back on Amazing Business Radio with Melissa Agnes. uh, Talking about crisis management, we're talking about United Airlines. Let's wrap this thing up, tie it up neatly in a bow. It finally came to an end several days after these memos were leaked and these responses that you feel were were inappropriate uh, happened. Uh, Oscar came back and shared some insight about what had happened, and how did he do?
0: He... Uh, how did he do? He did a little bit too long. <laughs> it <laughs> took him too long, but when he finally came back, he was he was no longer tone deaf. Um, he realized he addressed the severity of the situation. He addressed that um, it should never have happened. He apologized. He communicated with Dr. Dow. Um, they, you know, closed it out with a settlement, um, and he, Oscar Munoz, went on a few... did some media... Uh, interviews, where he actually, you know, allowed himself to kind of be hammered a little bit in the sense of, you know, how could this have happened, and asked the hard questions, and he sat through them, and he had the right message points on, um, you know, that he was sorry, that it was unacceptable, that they were going to look at, you know, their culture, and, and how it happened, and why it happened, and do everything in their possible in their capability to um prevent these things from happening again but the reality is that the impact of the crp i mean i talked about the market cap and how it dropped but um congress got involved lawmakers got involved regulators got involved um, oscar munoz was supposed to be um promoted to i believe uh, chairman of the board and that got kind of wiped off his his plate Um, So the impact of this situation was a viral issue only because United is so big and so strong and has so much backing and so much monopoly in the industry, Um, but it had serious consequences.
1: Wow. And I know all of those things happened and eventually the market cap came back and, uh, Mm -hmm. and so let's talk about another crisis that recently happened just about maybe four to six weeks ago, maybe two months ago at the most. And that was the Starbucks incident because We'll talk about, I, I think it's the opposite. It's the antithesis of, you know, and, and by the way, I'm not picking on United on this, but they are an example of it didn't work out the way it should have worked out. They didn't maybe handle it the way they could have handled it. And yet Starbucks comes along, and the story is this. Two African Americans sitting in Starbucks waiting for a third person, not even there, maybe 10 minutes. One of them gets up to go to the bathroom. The bathroom's locked. They ask the manager for the key. manager says, if you buy something... I'll let you have the key or something to that effect. Uh, Hey, we're waiting for a friend. Look, if you're not going to buy anything, you need to leave. Manager calls the police. Seven police show up, arrest these two guys, hold them for seven to eight hours before Starbucks finally drops the charges and they get released. And, uh, boy, was that a debacle because they really were waiting for their buddy to show up. In the process of the arrest, the guy shows up. And there he is, and it's like this thing still went on. Talk to us about that crisis.
0: Absolutely. So this comes at a time where we have a societal, we have a few societal issues right now that our society has decided collectively, we are not going to stand for these issues anymore. And one of them is the Me Too movement. So women empowerment and um, equality. And the, the other one is racial discrimination. So this one, the Starbucks hits racial discrimination. I mean, these two innocent black men were arrested for waiting for their friend. It's absurd. And of course, one of the crisis-ready rules is always assume there's video. And of course, it was caught on video and all of the white people watching, recording it, you could hear them saying, I'm white. I'm doing the same thing as them. How come you're not arresting me? So when we look at becoming crisis-ready, one of the first stages is to define issue versus crisis for your organization, which we talked about a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. and then to look at that and say, what are the most likely high-impact issues and most likely high-impact crises that our organization is the most prone or vulnerable to? Being crisis-ready means that you're going to identify the most likely high-impact scenarios, right? I so don't I don't
1: understand this, how you could predict this. Uh, I, I don't know... Uh, absurdness of two guys sitting there and calling the police on them while they claim they're waiting for a friend i i, I don't get it
0: well, um, I, it's kind of like saying how could we predict that the incident with dr dow is going to happen right that's, have, that's what i mean oh, you,
1: how can you i'm I, I don't think you can and how do you become crisis ready for something like that that's never happened before
0: so two things firstly we can't we can't predict to a T, exactly how the situation would happen. However, we can say in both of these cases, we have thousands upon thousands of employees working every single day. What are the possibilities of a high-risk scenario where one of those employees goes rogue or makes a mistake that goes viral and what can that look like? And then on top of that, in terms of this particular case with Starbucks, we can say, if we look at societal trends, we can say, I mean, if we ask ourselves how often in a day, not just in Starbucks, but um, in retail, in uh, you know every single coffee shop or every single restaurant, how often does racial discrimination probably take place? The number is probably staggeringly high. So this is something, this is just kind of, it, again, it's a societal crisis, so we're deciding as a society that we're not going to stand for it anymore collectively. Um, so we can look at those two scenarios or um, categories of scenario and say, what are the odds? Probably very likely that something can go wrong against the values of the brand because we have because it's human error right. and we cannot control everybody. Um, and then, how do we respond? And how would we respond in in or how would we react and manage the situation in response? So that's where we don't say, you know, this is exactly what's going to happen, but we can say categorically, this is likely to happen to our brand because of all of these different factors.
1: Right. We're going to have a lawsuit because of racial discrimination. We're going to have a sexual harassment suit. We're going to have a uh, some type of uh, uh, disabilities discrimination suit. We're going to have perhaps um somebody that falls and hurts themselves and talks about the working conditions uh, we'll have we'll have some of these things happen there's no way we can get around it starbucks has 175,000 employees 8,000 stores in north america something like this is going to happen and there's probably dozens of others that i haven't even thought of that they have and that's why they're geniuses and i'm doing amazing <laughs> business radio <laughs> but, but well, they no, but, it well and
0: absolutely and some of them are going to end up, you know, closing out. Nobody's going to catch wind of it. There are going to be issues that we're going to manage quietly. And then some of them have a risk of you always assume there's video. And it's going to be some kind of perfect alignment of the stars against us. And it's going to go viral. And it's going to create a lot of, you know, it's going to be a low press day. And it's going to create a lot of havoc. And we're going to have to respond in a way that can, that focuses on increasing the trust and credibility and goodwill in the brand rather than depreciating from
1: it yeah it's amazing the other day and i cannot remember what the incident was but there was a woman who was being asked a police officer may have been giving her a ticket or something and and she started claiming discrimination she said i'm going to cnn and fox news and and the officer i was totally perfectly trained and he said ma'am I'm giving you a ticket, and I'm, get, I'm making up what the situation was. I think it was a ticket. Because you did this, if you choose to go to CNN, uh, that is your decision to make. I am just giving you the ticket. And it was. he remained calm. Uh, she was yelling at him. She was bullying him. And he just was strong and, and maintained his ground. And, of course, what she didn't realize is there was video. It was video in the police car. Uh, picking up every every move and every sound that was going on in that interaction, and you know it showed it. This is the right way to do it, but it also showed that this is what some people will do. They will threaten uh, people. They will, um, and they don't realize they're being watched. So yeah, I Absolutely. think you know it's like uh, dance like nobody's looking. You know, act like somebody is, or you know, or behave like somebody is. So back, back to Starbucks. We've only got a couple minutes before another break, but I want to know they did it right. Was there a process that they followed to make it right?
0: Because uh, so they went over and above with their response, and they needed to do this in alignment with their brand values and in alignment with the risk of this societal issue. Right. So it's front and center as a society. We've decided to to stand up against racial discrimination. um, And they wanted to show that their values, the values of the brand are in in alignment with this and support it 100%. So the way that they responded was they said, we're going to shut down all of our um, stores, all of our restaurants or our cafes um, for, I believe it was half a day. And we're going to put all of our teams Through uh, training. training. racial bias training. Discrimination training, training. exactly. Um, 175,000
1: employees shutting the stores down in the middle of the day for four hours. That is costing them millions and millions of dollars, but they knew they had to do something. And they had to make a stand And By the way, they are the trendsetters in my mind.
0: They are, but there's a risk with it. And I hope that so I'm not training them. Um, and I hope, and I'm pretty sure that I feel confident that they're thinking about this. But the the risk is because they made such a big, bold statement in this action and this response, they need to make sure that their training is not um, filtered. That it's very broad in its array of types of discrimination and how to you know respond and what to do. Because if if this, if something similar were to happen, maybe not the same thing, but that falls under the same bracket of discrimination, they're going to be hit even harder as a result. As a result of the way that they handled the situation, which was brilliant, but they have to look at that as a risk as well and say, okay, um, how do we just – make sure that the training is all-encompassing and not siloed.
1: Right. We can't make another mistake. If there is another mistake, the way we handle it, everybody's going to be scrutinizing it even closer than the last one. I get it. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, just a few more comments from Melissa Agnes, the author of Crisis Ready, Building an Invincible Brand in an Uncertain World. We're going to talk about uh, a good rule of thumb as far as how long to wait when a crisis hits before you respond, as well as, and we've talked a little bit about that already, but I want to know when it's right to say no comment. All right, we'll be right back. This is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. Want to amaze your customers, impress the people you work with, and outshine your competition? Going from average to amazing isn't an out-of-reach goal. In fact, amazement is a habit that anyone can master. In my latest book, Be Amazing or Go Home, I share the secrets behind my mantra, which is to always be amazing. Drawing on the routines of incredible people, I share simple practices that can elevate your game. Once you master those habits, you'll be able to create trust, build stronger relationships, make sales, advance your career, and much more. Now is the time to step out of ordinary and step into being amazing. Be Amazing or Go Home is now available on Amazon.com, an ebook and hardcover.
0: This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken.
1: We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Melissa Agnes, author, and I've told you the name of the book, Crisis Ready Building an Invincible Brand in an Uncertain World. Let me tell you a little bit about the book. Now, the moment I saw Crisis Ready and knew that this show was going to be about crisis management, I said, okay, another one of those. And then I did a little research and saw, no, no, this is a little different. First of all, Melissa Agnes, obviously passionate and has wonderful stories. And every single chapter in the book starts off with a story. So it's case study after case study, example after example. You're going to get it. Some of the more interesting and amazing examples. uh, And when I say amazing, sometimes not in a good way, but in um, amazing. Somebody actually did that in a bad way and then somebody fixed it in a good way all kinds of interesting interesting pieces of information also the book is just a beautiful book uh as you read through it it's not just black and white there's you know more color in it and anyway awesome um melissa we don't have a whole lot of time left uh but i do have a couple of questions you mentioned uh, as we were talking about uh, united we mentioned how long it took for oscar to come back and Finally, say what he had to say. It took almost, I'm going to say, five or six days. However, uh, with Starbucks, much quicker. I'm going to say that happened within hours. And then within a day, the chairman of the board was on national television talking about what the the process was going to happen and how they were going to try to fix this. What's a good rule of thumb? Is is a fast response the best response? A fast response is the best response if
0: it's an emotionally intelligent response. Um, I said earlier that the longer you take to respond effectively to a crisis or a viral issue, the more control you lose, the more trust credibility you lose, and the more crisis response penalty you risk suffering.
1: And that was worth repeating, by the way.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Um, So it's about responding in a way that is emotionally intelligent. And in order to do that, so I talked earlier about looking at your most likely high-impact scenarios. When you have those listed out, then you can say, all right, in this scenario, scenario A, what will each of our stakeholder groups, what will our employees expect of us? What will be their top concerns? How can we make sure that we address them and show them that we care? What will our customers expect of us? How can we meet their expectations? What will be what they care about? And how can we come out? letting them know that we care about what they care about and, you know, letting them know that we are doing everything that we can and what we're doing. And so there's ways to respond with emotional intelligence where you put people first Um, crisis. Another crisis ready rule is people above process and bottom line always. Um, So if you respond with emotional intelligence that puts people first, then you have the opportunity to get ahead of the story and to begin to, I don't like to use the word control when it comes to crisis management, but to shake and own the narrative of your own story.
1: Well, wow. I mean, really, you never want to say, well, this was our policy. And I hate the word policy to begin with, but when you hear that is an excuse for something bad that happened. Uh, Melissa, you obviously go out and speak on this topic. I know you have a very successful TEDx talk that's available to find on uh, on on youtube so yeah and so just look up your name and you're going to find that you have your crisis ready blog uh you're a contributor to forbes you're really you're the go-to person for the press on crisis management i was involved in a little crisis management by the way i know you go out and speak you familiar with the national speakers association i am are you a a member
0: yeah of nsa or dallas? the
1: canadian oh you are going to be in dallas for influence 2018 yeah, yeah no i'm a
0: member of nsa not Cass. great i'm a member of nsa
1: how yeah. long have you been a member of nsa uh
0: not long i went to influence last year great and met i mean just so many incredible people and became a member soon after and i'm awesome. psyched about influence this year
1: so i was president in 2014-15 and NSA, the national, by the way, NSA, the National Speakers Association, we're the NSA that talks versus the other NSA, they <laughs> listen, right? So here's what, I was involved with a crisis. Did you hear about that crisis? I did not. Well, let me tell you what happened. And, and we've only got a few minutes, but I just want to share this because I'm proud of the way uh, our association handled things from the executive level. Um I was tossed into this had no idea that this was going to happen. We decided to change our name. We decided to go from the National Speakers Association cuz number one we're international. Hey, you're only from Canada, but we've got people from all over the world. Australia, Germany, Japan, Asia, all, uh, uh, China, everywhere people are members of the National Speakers Association. It should should it be just international? But then we're beyond just being speakers. We do you know, podcasts, we do radio shows, TV shows. We have trainers. We have consultants. So we're really not just speakers anymore. As a matter of fact, only 27% of our association, I believe that was the number, actually gets up and makes a living doing keynote speaking, where back when we started this thing many, many years ago, it was almost 100%. So what are we going to call ourselves? And everybody kept talking about the word platform. Everybody has their platform. Hey, we stand on a platform when we speak, or we have a platform from which we speak. Let's just call ourselves platform. So we announced this. Like six seconds before they said, and here is the first president of platform, Shep Hyken. And nobody hardly applauded. (laughs) It was like, wait a minute, they're supposed to stand up and cheer us on. We just did something bold, and and this is going to be a new fresh start for NSA. We're going to get new members, people who now see us differently. It was a disaster, and I was told by a number of people, how quickly they were going to resign their membership. I estimate that out of wow. the almost 4,000 members, we we're going to lose 25%. I had 780 emails come in over the next four days. I answered every one that didn't cuss me out, which was most of them did not cuss me out, uh, but most of those emails were personally answered by me on nonstop. We hired a crisis management group uh, out of Washington, D.C., that handles uh, association crises, and we fired them on Sunday before I was to give a message. This all happened on a Thursday when we left NSA, holiday weekend, July 4th. So Monday was the first day back to work. And uh, Stacey Techner, our CEO, we talked about the message that this crisis management PR firm wanted us to deliver. And they said, we will make this name change go through. Don't worry, in three, four weeks, it'll all be fine. And we oh said, my goodness. no way. So no, I good for you. went into my office. I shot a video. I said, this is Shep Hyken your new president. We're still the National Speakers Association as we grow into platform, but we hear you loud and clear. I need you to stop with the emails so that we can focus on the job because my job, I'm a customer service guy. I feel I need to respond to everybody, but if you would give me the luxury of some space, I promise you by the end of the week, I will get back to you and I promise you, you will be kept up to date and almost All the emails stopped immediately to not just me, but Stacy, Techner, our CEO and everybody else at NSA. I mean, I had great friends that were getting ready to leave NSA. Friday comes along and I say, I said, "Uh, we hear you. We're picking ourselves up. We're dusting ourselves. We've been knocked down. We're going to make some changes. We have an emergency board meeting on Sunday and I will get back to you. On Monday, I said, we have rolled it back. Uh, We've you know, As a board, we voted. We're staying in the National Speakers Association, and it worked. And I have this crisis management process or complaint process that you acknowledge and you apologize, and then you fix it and you take ownership of it, and then you act with urgency. Those five steps is what I talk about with complaints, whether they're small or big, or as you would say, issues versus crisis, and it worked. I'm very proud of that, and I hardly ever get to share it, but this seemed like the right time to do it.
0: So I am extremely proud of you for for acknowledging and realizing the terrible advice that you were giving, being given, and that just frustrates me so much because I see so many quote-unquote crisis management professionals that just don't get it, um, and it's real. When you mismanage a crisis, I mean, that's the livelihood of an organization, so I'm so proud of you for that, and the way that you responded makes me even more proud to be an NSA member, so thank you for sharing that with me.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Let me tell you what happened. It reinvigorated that Within within eight days, we get back to everybody. We had the whole board together, make that vote to roll it back. And the entire membership, all of a sudden, the emails that were coming in were positive and thank you. And, you know, I, by the way, it wasn't just me. It Definitely not. I mean, I, I, I don't know what I would have done without Stacey Techner and the team at NSA. And actually, I don't know what I would have done without the crisis management company giving us advice that we kept saying, really? Really? And, and amazing in a bad way? <laughs> They want us to do that? You know, uh, I don't believe it. We went against We We took our gut. And I think what we did is exactly what you talked about. We put people before everything else. And we took our members and we thought about them before everything else. What's interesting, and here's the rest of the story, we asked anybody who wanted to be on a committee saying, look, if we're going to make a name change, we're going to bring in now the membership. 80 people signed up. Most of those people were the naysayers. And after a couple of months of going through all the material that we went through to make that, we did a very informed decision. uh, But we made some mistakes. We didn't include our membership and get a vote because our members are very passionate. But would you believe those people on that committee, again, most of them against, voted for the name change, that we needed one? They just couldn't figure out what it was. So I said, for now, we're going to stay NSA. Maybe we'll be like, uh, you know, NCR, National Cash Register, or IBM, International <laughs> Business Machine, and we'll just be known as NSA the rest of our lives. And what is one day somebody said, what does NSA actually stand for? <laughs> and, but anyway, I digress. I want to ask one more question before we go into the lightning round, which is a one-question one lightning round. Is there a time when saying no comment is legitimate?
0: Nope. There is no time when saying (laughs) no, there is not, because what does no comment say? No comment says, we don't care about you enough to put you first, to communicate, to, there is an, an expectation that has grown into a demand for organizations today to be responsive to do to communicate as a two-way i mean social media makes everything two-way there's an expectation and demand that communications will be two-way and there is an expectation of transparency because as consumers whether it's b2b or b2c we have so many options ahead of us like we can choose you know brand a or brand B what keeps us with brand a are the values that we share and the relationship that we have with that brand and the way that we're treated no comment is not putting people first is not is doing everything against um what everything that i'm saying and gives every you know gives that out that says okay no comment fine i'm going to go to brand b
1: wow so I mean, maybe in a legal situation, no comment makes sense. And if somebody's coming after you and you're crisis prepared, you have comments ready. Um, and yeah. you stay, to your, stay with your comment. And if somebody tries to badge you into saying something else, say, look, I've given you a statement. This is what our company believes in. This is what we value as a company. And that's why I shared that statement. If you have any other questions, we'd be happy to address them at another time. And you move on. And, you you know, you just restate your position. I I assume that's what you think we should do?
0: Yes. And just so to address your – you make a valid point that sometimes legally we can't talk. No comment does not communicate that. People understand laws. They understand regulations. They understand restrictions. What they want to know is that you care. So if you come out and you say no comment, that gives – or on the other hand, you say, you know, here's what we're doing – we're not allowed to answer those particular questions because of X, Y, Z. However, the second that we're able to and we have all the information, um, you can we, we are, are committed to being transparent with you or communicating with you. And here's where you will find those communications. That is the, the same as saying no comment. Right. But it's not the same at all.
1: And I get it. Yeah. No.
0: Yes. So there's no reason at any point in time for no comment.
1: Love it. All right. That is amazing information, and I think everybody needs to take everything we've talked about at heart here. Again, small business or big business. Final question, is there one thing you want us to remember or one new piece of nugget of advice you want to share with us before we we go? I call this the one thing question.
0: The one thing I want you to remember is that no matter what the situation, if you find yourself in a situation faced with a negative event, be it an issue or a crisis, and you don't know what to do, if you always focus on taking action and communicating in a way that connects you closer in an emotional way to your stakeholders, so to those who matter most to your business, so you focus on relationships, strengthening, maintaining, rebuilding, then you will always be pointed in the right direction.
1: Love it. All right everybody, that was amazing business radio at its best. Melissa Agnes, the author of Crisis Ready, Building an Invincible Brand in an Uncertain World. Go to Amazon today. Get it. Uh, Melissa, thanks for being on our show. Th- that's incredible information. I love it. I could have talked to you for hours. We went way over our time, but I don't think any of our listeners are going to be disappointed that we did. Thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Thanks to you, Chef. This is
1: a blast. All right, everybody. Another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Next week, we'll have another great speaker, author, business expert, executive sharing their insights on how to be amazing. So until next week, remember to stay and always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.